0: What's up everybody, here for Whale Talk episode 4, god damn man, we have a lot to discuss, we have Raw, Smackdown, NXT, NXT TakeOver, Best of the Super Juniors Finals, Super Showdown, and Dominion that just happened, fucking last night, that's why I waited a little extra because I was like, I have a jillion things to review. Uh, It was a great week for wrestling if you don't like WWE, Uh, New Japan, you know, nailed it off fucking Park, you know what I mean? Like, we had one really good match on WWE television, I think, but let's start it off with Monday Night Raw. I did not enjoy Monday Night Raw at all. Basically, uh, Roman Reigns kicks off Raw, Uh, Drew McIntyre and Shane interrupt them. Basically, uh, Shane vows to defeat Roman Reigns at Super Showdown. Says he's going to get him in a triangle and tap him out. Uh, Basically said, Roman said, if you try to tap me out, I'm going to pick you up and just powerbomb you, baby. Big dog style. Which I'm just like, alright, whatever. That leads to Roman Reigns and the Usos, the bloodline, bro. We're back in 2014. Versus Drew McIntyre the revival. A uh, good little decent back-and-forth match here. But I'm glad uh, McIntyre and the Revival defeated them, the Usos and Reigns. I feel like they needed to win more. Especially, I don't want McIntyre to become a loser at all. And um, I don't not want the Revival to just keep losing. Because the Revival is something special, man. They're a great fucking tag team. After the match, the uh, heels built more heat for themselves by uh, having Shane McMahon deliver a spirit of Roman Reigns. I thought that was funny. Because Shane hit him with the whole... Oh, I would like that. that. was funny. Uh, Miz TV with Seth Rons. Basically, uh, Miz is just like, Yo, Seth, how do you feel having Brock Lesnar, you know, stalking you? Seth is just like, whatever. My main focus is Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin is the true number one contender for my title. Which I'm like, alright, you know, make Corbin sometime important. Uh, and basically, uh... Paul, Paul Heyman and Lesnar arrive at the arena. Remember, they are still promoting that he's cashing in tonight. Uh, I thought this was okay, because I'm just like, all right, at least they reminded us that Baron Corbin's doing something. You know what I mean? Uh, Lars Sullivan attacks the Lucha House Party. This is supposed to be a match, but this was stupid. Because I'm like, what the hell? Why would you have this when you're, you know, having the match at Super Showdown, the three-on-one handicap match? Uh, basically, they beat the crap out of them, um, Lara starts being the shadow of all of them, but Lucha House Party finally gets the advantage, they had a nice triple drop kick that was kind of cool, so I'm just like, alright, at least it's something, Becky Lynch promo, uh, same old Becky Lynch promo that we've heard, she comes out, uh, I'm a fighting champion, I will keep fighting, blah, 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 Charlotte and Lacey come out, and basically, I think Lacey wants another title shot, and then Charlotte, you know, it's just like, you know, you ain't shit. This leads to a match between Lacey and Charlotte, which I actually thought was kind of cool, but something fresh. Uh, I actually liked what we got out of this, you know, until it got interrupted by Becky, because Becky came in for the DQ and dragged out Charlotte, and then a big brawl walked out. But this was nice back and forth, basically anything Charlotte would do, uh, uh, Lacey would do, it was a lot of good back and forth. But basically that, the man, you know, came out. She dropped uh, Evans with the manhandle slam, which, ooh, what a shitty name. (laughs) What a shitty name. So I guess the feud must go on. We're getting another uh, Lacey-Becky match at um, Stomping Grounds, a new pay-per-view, which I'm like, Becky beat Lacey in like five seconds last time, so I don't know why they were doing this again. Ray Mysterio comes on and relinquishes the United States champion. Uh, I thought this was kind of cool because I thought they were going to have a tournament for the United States champion, but they didn't. Basically, Rey's just like, all right, I got to give up the title. Samoa so Joe comes out, be like, you a chump, you a bitch. I'm here to take the title, beats the crap out of him, chokes him out. Joe is now the United States champion again. I'm like, hey, whatever. It sucks, it's a shoot that uh, Rey is actually really injured, but Rey's having some bad luck when he comes to WWE. Arm wrestling match between Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. I am a, I like Strowman. I am a big, big fan of Bobby Lashley, but this was trash. I couldn't care less. Braun Strowman beat him in an arm wrestling match. Uh, Lashley then, you know, gets mad, jumps Strowman, lays him out with a power slam, which is very impressive. And yeah, whatever, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm excited for their match, though. This would be at least it's something different. because It's the first time they've gone at it. Nikki Cross versus Peyton Royce. Uh, nothing much to say here other than Alexa has a new gimmick where if you spill her coffee or get her mad about coffee, she beats the shadow which I'm like, oh, right, whatever. Uh, it's, I guess, Mickey more of Alexa more of a baby face, I guess. But Nikki Cross wins with, you know, the fucking uh, core screw neckbreaker from the top rope. I'm like, all right, Iconics are just pure fucking jobbers just winning that title, man. I don't remember the last time they won a match. Uh Brock Lesnar basically is coming out. Uh Seth Rollins is fed up. He calls out Brock Lesnar, says he's sick and tired of the games. Used to be the most feared man in out here and now basically you're just a bitch. Uh Brock comes out beats the shit out of him. Oh, I missed out with Corbin. Corbin actually comes out first and is just like Don't forget who your real opponent is. Seth is like, I got no time for this. Corbin lays him out with the end of days. Because fucking Brock kept teasing Seth all day. His music hit like three or four times. But the last time distracted him enough. Corbin came in. And the days, like I said, he's out. Brock Lesnar comes out with a chair. Beats the living piss out of Seth Rollins. Like, I mean, Seth got the shit beat out of him. Like, pretty bad. Like, the man had holes in his back from the chair shots. That's how hard Brock Lesnar was hitting him with his chair shots. So I'm like, oh, my God. F5 to the outside. Heyman's like, here, Brock, cash in. Brock is saying, no, Friday. And Heyman's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Friday. <laughs> the whole time, I wish Brock would be like, I will see you on Friday. So, yeah, you know, Brock is basically, I'm catching in at Super Showdown, which I'm like, eh, whatever. Like I said, I'd rather have him cash in on Kof. Triple H and Randy come face-to-face. A good little back-and-forth promo, basically. Randy saying, hey, I am not Batista. I was groomed to be, you know, the best one of evolution. I'm going to take you down. Triple H H is just like, you know, we have a lot of history. This should be good. Uh, There was a funny thing where Randy already started corpsing. Because uh, Randy looks at Triple H and says, hey, I just hope wish you can finally get some balls and take them out of Stephanie's purse. Triple H looks back at him, starts laughing. He's just like, the reason my balls are in Stephanie's purse because they're just so damn big that I need someone to carry them. Randy could not take it anymore. He starts corpsing, He starts laughing. Triple H starts laughing. He throws the mic. And he's like, I'll see you on Friday. <laughs> Which I thought was cool. Uh, again, I'm a big fan of Triple H. He's my favorite wrestler in the world. You know, favorite of all time. Uh, I've always enjoyed Triple H's promo game because he always sounds like he means what he says. Randy's no slouch either when he tries. Like, I always have a love-and-hate relationship with Randy, but this is cool. I like this. I'm actually really looking forward to Triple H versus Randy. Ricochet versus Zaro. Tiebreaker. Zaro won the first match. Uh, Ricochet won the second match. So this is a little tiebreaker here. Uh, Good back-and-forth action here. Uh, both guys are great, especially Cesaro. Like, Cesaro is so underrated, it hurts, dude. But Ricochet gets the win with a roll-up, which I'm like, all right, that's stupid. If you're going to do this whole 50-50 booking shit, you might as well have a decisive win for the last one. But I guess I want to leave it in the air. Cesaro's upset, beats the crap out of Ricochet following the bell. Uh, Goes to get a table underneath, but our truth is attached to the table. And then Chaos breaks in, you know, 24-7 champion, all that stuff. Which was like, eh, whatever. Uh, Undertaker returns on Raw for the main event promo. I am not a fan of the Undertaker. Never have been. Unless it's Motorcycle Taker or Ministry of Darkness, I don't give a damn. The Deadman character bores me to no end. There was a time in 2008 when he was on SmackDown that I liked it for a little bit. Because he was having actually some killer matches with like Shelton Benjamin and Edge and all that shit. But basically the same old shit. Undertaker comes out and says the same thing every fucking time. He has a 10 minute entrance. (laughs) It feels like it or 20 minutes. You know, I'm here to steal soul and dig holes. Goldberg, I want the ass kicking one. Rest in peace. Uh, You're next, girl. Which I'm like, whatever. Not a fan of The Undertaker. I've just never been a fan of the guy. I don't like the way he conducts business, if you know what I mean. But if you thought Raw was shit, which I did, I barely made it through, SmackDown was even worse to me. Like, SmackDown legit was... I I couldn't. I had to watch it another day because it was so bad to me. We started off with Shane McMahon calling out Roman Reigns, which I'm just like... Basically, it teases that he's going to do that, but then uh, we get Kofi... And Xavier Woods come out. They're talking off the show how, you know, Kofi showed a promo package. Uh, how he went back to Africa and he was like a big-ass star. Which I'm like, that was cool. I like that. Uh, Ziggler comes out. Basically say he respects Kofi. But this is not about that. This is not about his journey. This is about Ziggler. This is all about me. Which I'm just like, he's here. Take Kofi's title. They're going down in a super showdown. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn come out to interrupt. Zayn and Owens head to the ring. They have a match coming up. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods with Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens. Uh, Ziggler showing shown backstage watching on the monitor because, you know, we all watch wrestling like that, angrily staring at the TV. <laughs> uh, good little tag team match here, but, again, I was pissed at Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn ended up losing. Fucking uh, Kevin Owens, I think. Oh, that, too, which Sammy fucking lost, I think, to the fucking boom drop, which I'm like, What? What? But, again, uh, Sammy is legit one of the best promos in the company right now. Kevin has been on fire again ever since coming back and turning heel. And they're just doing nothing with these guys. They're just taking L's like it's nobody's business. After the match, Dolph Ziggler hits the ring, attacks Kofi from behind, hits him with a super kick, lays out Woods too. So at least makes Dolph Ziggler look a little bit strong. So basically, uh, Shane McMahon is with the the Stooges back there, with McIntyre saying, hey, we're going to beat up Roman Reigns. We're going to turn him into a little puppy. He's also with the Revival there, Dale. Alexa Bliss comes out, Moment of Bliss. Her ch- uh, guest is women's champion Bailey. Basically, Alexa Bliss is trying to position herself to get a title shot. Stop it, Alexa. It's trying to get a title shot. 0.17 miles, 0.28 kilometers okay. north of the center of East Connecticut. Okay. Thank you. So as I was saying, Alexa Bliss is trying to get a title shot the whole time, basically say, "Hey, Bailey, let's have a title shot." Which I'm like, "All right." So you know, basically the branch split is over. This fucking wild card rule is fucking trash, and I hate it. Um, basically Carmella comes out and says, "Hey, remember I used to be something? I'm next in line for <laughs> the title shot." I'm like, "All right, sure." <laughs> Charlotte comes out and says, you know. I'm always next in line. I'm fucking Charlotte Flair, which I'm just like, yes. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Charlotte then says there, there's going to be a triple threat match to the side, the number one contender. r troopers versus Elias in a real match this time. And It is a lumberjack match. Um, there's a number of wrestlers surrounding the ring. Elias runs, hits a running knee to the face. King uh Gets a three count, and Elias is the new 24-7 champion. Uh, all the Lumberjacks then try to jump Elias because now the 24-7 champion is available. Elias goes under the ring. Our truth goes under the ring. Somehow Our truth ends up winning the title back under the ring. And there you go. Our truth is now again the 24-7 champion. He runs out, which I think all this 24-7 champion stuff is great. I just wish they would incorporate more than jobbers because if you remember the hardcore title, a lot of legit people held that title. Fucking Undertaker was the hardcore champion. Raven. Fucking there were some cool people that were 20, the hardcore champion. Steve Blackman, my boy. Uh, pre tape promo of Aleister Black. Once again, issuing an open challenge to anyone who wants to man up and face him. He basically says, my locker room says Aleister Black. and am not a hard man to find. If anybody wants to take me on, go right ahead. I'm loving this whole Aleister Black heel turn. I thought this was great. He's doing really good on his promos. And I like the whole thing with the, hey, just come to me. We'll fight it out, man to man. I'll beat your ass. I thought that was kind of cool. I would definitely would love to see, like, Shinsuke or somebody. Because Shinsuke, man, this guy could be something if they just turn him babyface again. But, you know, what is it, Shinsuke Nakamura? He says. But I'm loving the whole Aleister Black thing with the, hey, this ain't the regular WWE anymore. He's trying to make everything vicious. He's like, let's do it. Uh, Shane McMahon calls out Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns comes out, you know. Basically the same old beatdown. Shane hits another spear on Roman. Oh, wow. A much better spear than the Monday one. Uh, You know, simple heel heat for Shane. I thought it was good. We get Charlotte versus Carmella versus Alexa Bliss. Winner takes on Bayley for the SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, We'll skip right to the end here. Basically, um, Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose and uh, Sonya Deville come out. They stop Carmella from winning the match. They take her out, which leads to Alexa Bliss. Pinning Carmella for the DDT for the three count. Alexa Bliss versus Bailey at stomping grounds. I could care less for, these, for this match. I like Alexa Bliss and I like Bailey to a degree. But these two women, to me, have horrible chemistry together. They cannot make any good matches really. So I am not looking forward to this match, not even 1%. The worst part of SmackDown, which I hate to say because I love my boy Lars Sullivan. I actually think Lars is a pretty good wrestler. And we get a a promo of him describing how there's only one word to describe him. He's a freak. And we get some of the worst promo dialogue I have heard in a while. And I quote people. I am not making this up. This is Lars Sullivan's ending promo to this. Three blind mice. Watch how they run. Watch how they are caught. Watch how their tails are ripped apart with my bare hands. And a beautiful portrait is painted with their bodily fluids. And then he laughs and he leaves. I kid you not, I burst it out laughing. I was like, who fucking talks like this? Like, you could tell this has Vince McMahon's little grubby little devil hands written all over it. By the way, that segment was hilarious on Raw with the devil puppet of Vince McMahon. Bray Wyatt with the Husky Harris reference. And then we do the muscle man dance. (laughs) Legit, like, I can't wait till Bray Wyatt comes out, man. It's going to be sick. But, yeah, this was. I'm like, who the fuck talks like this? This sounds like a dubbed episode of Naruto. If you remember back in the day when Naruto got super dubbed and fucking, like, Hitachi's <laughs> just like, yo, Sasuke, I'm here to destroy you. I'm like, who the fuck talks like that? Like, we say kill. Like, he's here to kill you. You know what I mean? Basically, it feels like... <laughs> Well, this is bad. This is just, they're making larger like a fucking tard right now. This is so bad. When he said bodily fluids and then just started yucking it up, <laughs> I was like, oh shit. This is funny. Uh, we got Andrade Cien Almas versus Apollo Crews. Um, within the first minute of this, when Finn Balor runs out, uh, the ref ends the match. Balor goes out of with Andrade. But Selena Vega causes distraction. And- Andrade drops him with a hammerlock DDT. Balor's down. Andrade leaves with some leg Vega. So they're building up to the match. That's Super Showdown. I got nothing wrong with this. Uh, Main event is Goldberg. Cutting a promo on The Undertaker. Uh, Again, I have never in my life been a fan of Goldberg. I've always thought he's trash. But I do love this man's entrance and theme. I'm not gonna lie, I love I love everything about this entrance. So weird not seeing the fireworks though, and not him breathing them in and doing the whole yeah yeah yeah. Uh, pretty simple stuff. Basically, Goldberg grabs the mic and says, "You're getting the ass kicking. You're getting the ass kicking, Goldberg. Don't worry about it, takers. Takers. Like basically, they're trading faces back and forth. He's like, "You're gonna get the Goldberg you want, Goldberg. You're gonna get." Then he goes back, uh, fucking, and he says, you're going to rest in peace. Undertaker comes out, teleports in. Goldberg knows sells and starts laughing, which I thought was kind of cool. And yeah, that's it to lead up. It's a super showdown. But before we get there, NXT, quick NXT there. I was here for this live taping. Uh, this is a decent episode of NXT, not bad. Keith Lee defeated Kona Reeves by pinfall with the Limit Breaker, which was lame. I wanted to see the Spare Bomb live, but again, being in the crowd, Keith Lee is over as fuck. Uh, You know, I got a couple people in the crowd that were asking me, they were just like, yo, why is everyone, you know, cheering for this guy? He just looks like a random fat guy, and I'm like, dude, this guy's very athletic. He's really good at promos, and he has a lot of charisma. I was the only person probably cheering for Kona Reeves. I actually like Kona Reeves. I think he actually, you know, is a decent heel. I'm glad he's changed his ring clothes. Because his last ring clothes suck. And I like his theme song. I like both these guys' theme songs, man. But a good little back and forth here. This is just legit just a look at uh, Keith Lee. He's good. You know what I mean? Uh, then we get the main event. This is a two-match show versus Mia Yim and Bianca Belair. Uh, Mia Yim wins with a super protected neck from the top rope. I thought this was actually a really good match to see live. Uh, I guess they're going to have Mia Yim. So Mia Yim is getting a big push right now. She just ended up handing Bianca Belair her only two pinfall victories. I mean, her only two pinfall losses. So Bianca Belair is taking the MLs right now, which I'm like, huh, she could be coming up, I guess. So yeah, that was NXT. It was good to see live. It was fun to see uh, Bianca Belair, and Mia Yim, and Keith Lee, and all that stuff. But let us go to NXT Takeover 25. I was there live in the audience. It was incredible. Best WWE show I've ever been to, probably ever in my life. It was the energy. It was just fucking amazing. Started off with Matt Riddle defeating Roderick Strong in a fucking. Excellent match. Like, I can't get over how good this match was. I was hoping for Roderick Strong to win, but I like both guys great. But just let me try to even like talk about this match. This match is so great. So, Riddle exploded out of the corner, you know, hit his three little gut wrench suplexes in a row. That was awesome. Uh, strong hitting all the backbreakers that he could, which I'm, um, you know, the Messiah of the Backbreaker. Uh, we get to the end, uh, close to the end here. Roderick planted Riddle with an Olympic slam for another near fall. I thought that was cool. Uh, Riddle hit strong with a brain buster. And these two basically started going at it again. And Riddle hit strong with a knee to the face, followed it up with the exploder suplex. That was brutal, man. Uh, then hit him with a penalty kick, a really stiff penalty kick. That was great. I just can't get over how good these guys match. And I really fucking Roger Strong to win. Uh, Matt Riddle, he booted Roger Strong out of the ring and then booted him in the face when he got back in. Uh, Riddle hit a ripcord knee and then another knee strike. But Strong kicked out at two. Riddle comes up to the rope and we got the flying bro. The cork true moonsault. Strong got the knees up. Strong followed up with a powerbomb, but Riddle kicked out. I really thought fucking Strong had a thing. Uh, uh, a chance, uh, strong transition to the stronghold, the Boston crab. Uh, he even put the knee in, in it like Chris Jericho used to, you know, does for the lion tamer, uh, Riddle locked in the bro mission at the center of the ring. Strong, strong was screaming in pain. Riddle couldn't maintain the hold during his injured back, which I thought was great. Strong battled out of it. Riddle then slammed strong into the canvas going down. He basically won with a fucking cradle fucking tombstone, which I'm like, what the hell? But he didn't hit him in the head. He kind of like landed it with like a Styles Clash. But match was great. You know, they didn't tap out Rowdy, which made me happy. Riddle had to put out a, put a, pull out a move he hasn't done in forever. But just what a great way to start TakeOver. The match was awesome. I was cheering for Roddy the whole time. But then, you know, both guys are just great. Street Profits captured the tag team titles in an amazing tag team ladder match. It is the Undisputed Era, which those were my boys to win. The Forgotten Sons had amazing heel. Here in Street Profits versus Danny Burch and Oni Lorkin. It was a tag team ladder match for the fucking uh, vacant tag team titles. What? Just too much to say in this match. I'll try to get to some of it. Uh, I love the heel work of Steve Cutler and fucking... Um, Wesley Blake. I always thought the Forgotten Sons are underrated. They got some heat, man. Because everyone hated these guys. And they they were hating them so much that I wanted them to win. That's how bad, like, I was like, damn, you guys are getting hated. Kyle O'Reilly is the fucking MVP of this match. This man took so much punishment with these ladders, man. There was a spot where he, like, someone pushed him off and he ended up landing he did like a three sixty in the air and ended up landing back first into the ladder. I'm like, dude, you've become Finn Balor. It's crazy. Also, Bobby Fish went into this match injured, which was um, he comes out later out with a sling, which I'm like, damn. Much respect to Bobby Fish. Uh, but yeah, there's so many spots to talk about in this match. It was crazy. Uh, there was a cool fucking spot where the Forgotten Sons ended up putting a ladder between. Uh, I think it was the um, Mooney Lorkin and Danny Birch. Oh, no, it was Kyle O'Reilly and, um, <clears throat> and uh, Bobby Fish. They put the ladders on their head, and they ended up doing a German suplex while the ladders were still on their head. I'm just like, poor Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> this man is just meant to get murdered. Uh, Blake ended up powerbombing O'Reilly into the ladder multiple times, and then we got Morrison, and they killed Kyle, which is fucking funny. Uh crowd broke out into a Mamma Mia chant. It's crazy. Uh good good spot of the match where Jackson uh, Jackson Riker, aka Gunner from TNA, came in uh, to help the Forgotten Sons win the match. Uh basically he was causing terror. All teams try to take them on. Then basically, uh, Oni Larkin, Danny Birch, uh, the Undisputed Era, and uh, Street Profits all worked together to jump this man. They beat the piss out of Jackson Riker, which was cool because it made Jackson Riker look like a beast. This man had to get jumped by six people to beat the crap out of him, beat him up with chairs, throw him out. He comes back in, they beat the crap out of him again. I thought that was hilarious. And it was cool to see the Undisputed Era actually work together with the good guys for once. Then we get to the end. Uh, The end was awesome. Uh, Blake and Cutler started setting up the ladder. and The crowd erupted in booze, man. Angelo Dawkins took out Cutler with a spear on the bottom of the ladder. Ford then fucking springboards off the fucking rope right on top of the ladder. Just has a stare down with Wesley Blake. And they're just looking at each other. Street Profits, he knocks them out. And they are the new NXT Tag Team Champions. I'm glad these guys deserve it. This match was insane. The punishment these man's put them put them through. Street Profits are a hell of a tag team. And NXT loves them. I didn't want them to be like Enzo and Cass. Who ended up never winning the NXT Tag Team Champions. Or the WWE Tag Team Champions. But this is great. I don't know how Kyle O'Reilly is fucking alive. I'll tell you that. A man deserves some props, but this is a great match. Velveteen Dream retains his North American Championship against Tyler Breeze. And, man, this one hurt me, bro. I wanted Tyler Breeze to win so bad. Uh, both guys had cool entrances, little entrances here and there. Fucking Tyler Breeze was missed, man. This man was over as shit. Both guys are over, of course, but this is a great match. Good back and forth. Um... Velveteen was making fun of Breeze the whole time. Took his phone at one time and started taking selfies at the uh, announce table. They ended up posting the selfies on the big screen. I thought that was funny. I right, would say, hey, got a selfie with the champ finally. Uh, we get to the little climax of the match where um, Dream went for the Purple Rainmaker, but uh Tyler got the knees up, Tyler hit a supermodel kick, and then the young prettier, but somehow fucking Dream kicked out, they got me so hard on that, because he had the perfect combo, Uh, Dream rolled up Breeze for a two count, but then walked in into a beauty shot, but then fucking uh, went to cover Velveteen Dream, but Velveteen rolled out, I was waiting for the fucking beauty shot the whole time, because I told uh, the people I was with, I'm like, they're gonna save the beauty shot, He's going to win the title with the beauty shot. As soon as I saw him kick out of the supermodel kick and the unprettier combo, I was like, let's go. We're going to get the beauty shot. Breeze is going to win with his original finish. Uh, Breeze broke the count, uh, demanded that the referee stop counting. I thought that was cool because Breeze did not want to win the title that way or lose the title also. Uh, Dream brought the title into the ring, but Breeze ripped it away. Dream capitalized by the destruction by uh, by hitting the Dream Valley Driver. Velveteen Dream hits the Purple Rainmaker for the win. Velveteen Dream is still your North American champion. After the match, Dream stood up. I thought we were going to get a heel turn by Tyler, but basically they took a picture together. They took a bunch of pictures together. They were both doing the Blue Steel face, which, what a great match, but I really wish Tyler Breeze could have won, but I'm like, hey, maybe they're setting up for... uh... Tyler Breeze turn or a Velveteen. Hilton, Velveteen was acting very heel in this match. Uh, here's my low point of NXT TakeOver. Shayna Baszler tapped out Io Shirai to win the NXT Women's Champion, bro. I was so pissed off. But in a good way. That's the thing I like about NXT. They got me invested in this match because I really wanted Io Shirai to win the fucking match. Like You don't understand how much I was cheering for this girl to win this match, bro. But... It uh, was a good match, though. They had a lot of cool spots. Try to get to the climax here. Go to my notes real quick. So we'll get to the notes. So basically, EO got distracted. Uh, Baszler cap- capitalized for a roll-up for a two-count. Didn't work out. Shayna went for the Kulifida clutch, but EO escaped. Shirai went for the moonsault, but Bla- uh, Baszler. Baszler dodged it. EO landed on her feet and booted uh, Baszler in the face. Shirai went for a roll up, but then Baszler continued, countered it into the Kulifida clutch. Uh, Shirai desperately tried to reach the ropes, but couldn't make it. Then she just tapped out. Uh, Shayna Baszler remains your NXT Women's Champion. After the match, EO destroyed Shayna Baszler with a kendo stick. Uh, did a moonsault at the top of the row, but they grabbed the chair. Did a moonsault with the chair. And that was awesome. I got that on video, too. Basically, they set it up where, I guess, EO might get another title shot. Basically, like, she got lucky because she did use the help of the four horsewomen and all that stuff. So, I'm like, but damn, Baszler was public enemy number one, dude. The heat she got in this match. Like, the booze were crazy. She got a You Deserve It champ by getting the shit beat out of her. I was very, very disappointed. I really wanted to be there for Eo Shirai's title win, but I guess not. I guess not. Oh, they kept zooming into the kendo shots also by um Eo Shirai. Some deadly stuff here. Baszler had like scars on her from so hard Eo hit her with these uh, kendo shots. Main event time. Adam Cole Baby captured the NXT women's champion, man. I was so happy I was there for this match. Johnny got some cheers, but he was mostly booed the night. But Adam Cole had to be one of the most overacts I've ever seen in a long time. Actually being there alive. Like, I kid you not, but the climax of this match was fucking incredible. The, the work these guys put in, they topped their 2 out of 3 falls match to me. Because I liked this match a lot more. It was crazy. And Adam proved he did it by himself. He did not use the Undisputed Era. Johnny was waiting for them all night, and that ended up being Johnny's downfall, which I thought was a great story. Basically, Johnny's um, basically uh, he was so worried about the Undisputed Era coming in, he never concentrated enough on Adam Cole. But uh, uh, Cole came out with um, Wrestling Flow's Instagram uh, rapper guy, he's pretty cool. I think he's signed now to NXT. I don't know if he is, but that was awesome. He did a like a remix edition of the Undisputed song with some rapping, which was actually really cool. Johnny came out with the Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel outfit, which I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know what I'm saying? That was cool. That was cool. But boy, this match, I don't even know when to get started from this match. This match is just incredible. Just great back and forth, great storytelling. Let me just try to get to the bottom of my notes here, because this was just an incredible match. So, you know, we got a lot of kickouts from the last shot, you know, Johnny and all that stuff. So here we go. Cole sets up for the last shot, but Johnny fell to the mat of how exhausted he was. I thought that was a great spot. Johnny locked in the Gargano escape. He was playing possum in the middle of the ring. Cole elbowed Johnny several times in the knee to break the hold. Cole connected with the Panama Sunrise. Finally, what he's been looking for the whole time, the Canadian Destroyer. He actually ended up hitting the Canadian Destroyer outside the ring. Hit the last shot for the pinfall victory. Adam Cole is your new NXT tag. I mean NXT world champion. After that, the Undisputed Era came out. Celebrated. Bobby Fish had his arm in a sling, like I said, but this was great. I love the whole buildup of Johnny. Just kept turning his back and he kept looking at the entrance way, going, come on, come out. The whole time. Uh cool spot too when Gargano and Cole started trading super kicks. Uh Gargano super kicked him. Cole super kicked him back. He super kicked him. He super kicked him. And then he hit a reverse Rana. Fell to his feet and then hit the last shot, but Gargano kicked out. That was a cool spot. But yeah, Cole hitting the Canadian destroyer on the apron was probably the best thing. I also love that. How Cole went for the Canadian Destroyer in the ring probably like five or six times until he finally hit it. I like that. He was looking for that so much. He made himself crazy just looking for the Canadian Destroyer. But yeah, NXT 25 was amazing. I'm glad I was there. I'm glad I got to see Adam Cole win the NXT World Championship. It was fucking fantastic. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole can do no wrong at this point. And here we go, folks, to a high point to a low point. And it, I mean, Super Showdown, live from Saudi Arabia. Um, Usos and Revival were on the pre-show. Uh, great match here. Uh, both guys can do no wrong when they're given time. Uh, Usos ended up winning the match, though, which I'm like, I would have given the match to the Revival after all the embarrassment stuff they've been put through. But first match starts it off with Saffron's versus Baron Corbin, which I'm like, uh (laughs) uh-oh, Brock Lesnar wants to go home early again. But I'm not going to lie, I was not looking forward to this match because I like Baron Corbin. Saffron's is like one of my top favorites right now, but always has been since Tyler Black. But I had no hope for this match, but this match actually uh, turned it up pretty good. It was actually not that bad. I actually liked this match a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, Good back and forth here. Skip right to the end. Basically, the whole time, Corbin kept costing himself because he kept arguing with the ref so much, and Rollins, you know. So, Rollins was getting the ship, you know. Corbin was in control, the 90% of the match. It was crazy. So, we skip to the end. Corbin's up. Corbin follows up with suplex for a two-count. Corbin freaks out on the ref for the last time. Corbin nails Rollins again with another two-count, and he starts really freaking out some more. Corbin grabs a steel chair, and he's about to get himself disqualified, which I'm like... Corbin, why the fuck are you challenging for the Universal Champion and you're going to get yourself disqualified? Corbin gets into it with the ref one more time. This time, the ref gets set up. The ref shoves Corbin, which leads to Roll- Rollins rolling him up into a 3 So Rollins wins by distraction roll-up, which I'm like, all right, that's cool. Uh, Seth's outfit was also cool here. The whole white, black, and red was awesome. After the match, Corbin attacks Rollins. Uh, after Corbin leaves, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman come out. They're about to cash in. Heyman trips on the way, which I thought was a shoot, but apparently it wasn't. Distracts Lesnar. Before Lesnar could cash in, Rollins hits right Brock right in the dick where it all started. I'm telling you, that's how you want to beat Brock Lesnar. That's why I love when Brock got his revenge and hit him in the dick on Monday. Uh, Rollins curve stomps Lesnar's face into the briefcase, which looked brutal. Actually looked pretty good. Seth Rollins is able to escape. He leaves. Which I'm like, all right, I guess they... Basically, teased us with Brock Lesnar some more. I don't know if he's going to be on TV more, but we'll see. Favorite match of the night. Actually, one of my favorite matches of all week. Finn Balor versus Andrade. Finn Balor is just a demon. Basically, we got little minions coming out with him. That was great. Andrade comes out alone because, you know, no pussy allowed. No women. Women are bad in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) I know it's whatever over there, but that's just annoying. It's, like, it's a fucking wrestling show. You can let a woman come out. It's not going to bother anybody. But this was a great fucking match. Like, I'll, I'll try to go through it because I like this match a lot. I love how Balor was actually using different moves and acting different. He started fucking no-selling. Like, this is the demon that I want, man. This is the Finn that I want. Balor starts off strong as he works on getting Andrade grounded. Andrade fights back with a jawbreaker and a running knee to the face. Andrade looks for the hammerlock DDT early, but Balor fights out of it with a couple drop kicks here and there. Uh, Balor follows up with a double foot stomp to the head, which I'm like, alright, that should be his finish when he's the demon. But then fucking Andrade just kicks out like nothing. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, There was a cool spot where Andrade went to go hit the three amigos. He hit two of them. Balor fought off the last one, but then he ended up hitting the third Amigo anyway. That was cool. Uh, Balor starts going in with the chops in the corner, trying to chop him down. Uh, they fight uh, ringside. Andrade looks for a power bomb, but Balor reverses into a double foot stomp, which is cool. Back in the ring, Balor hits another double foot stomp for a two count to the back of the head, like I said. Andrade fights to the back, hits the hammerlock DDT, but Balor. Kicks out, which I'm like, I guess it's the first one that's kicked out of that. I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not counting the NXT right now. Balor comes up, finally hits the power bomb that he's been trying to hit. Hits a really good power bomb, running dropkick, climbs to the top rope. Andrade meets Balor at the top rope. Balor knocks him off the rope. Uh, follows up with the coup de gras. And this was fucking awesome. Balor hit a super bloody Sunday, man. in This match from the top rope. I thought that was great. It was a great callback to his fucking real rock and roller days. He ended up hitting the super bloody Sunday. Got back. Hits the fucking um, double foot stomp for the win. This was a great match. Everyone should go watch this match. Andrade ended up hitting his handspring fucking double Pele kick too. Just a great match. Like, both these guys are great. I love I love both of them. I love both their in-ring work a lot. Especially Andrade. is fucking underrated. Finn's been a star. Forever, they just don't use him right. Especially this whole demon thing. He's still undefeated as a demon in WWE, I guess. Roman Reigns was a Shane McMahon. And I was a little disappointed. Like, this match was okay. It was not that bad. You know, Roman got the big ooh, fireworks when he hits the fist down. This match was okay. But that, I couldn't believe Shane won. Like, this made no sense. Shane winning. Like, to me, it made sense. Roman, you know, winning. Shane got the advantage on him like three, four times in a row. And the way he won was so weird. And the thing, he kept promoting how he was going to try to tap Roman out. and he, I, I don't think he went for the move, not even once. I'm like, this was just a weird match. So Drew McIntyre runs in, hits Roman with the Claymore. Ref is down. Ref gets up. One, two, three. Shane wins. He pins Roman Reigns with one Claymore. They try to build it up to basically where Shane got lucky, which I'm like, I don't know. I was just kind of disappointed. I was just like, what the hell? Lucha House Party versus Lars Sullivan, and I was not a fan of this match. I was bored out of my mind. It was just Lars beating the shit out of all of them, but then, you know, it turned into craziness. And the winner by DQ is Lars Sullivan because the Lucha House Party said, fuck it. And I'm like, all right, job. Uh, which the House Party starts walking up the ramp, Lars follows them, beats the shit out of them, and Lars leaves them all laying, which I'm like, okay, this was useless. Uh, Triple H versus Randy Orton, I was really looking forward to this match, and I might be in the majority here, I know I'm probably going to get some hate, but I actually really enjoyed this match. I Once we got out of Randy gear, Randy gear is when you know he's doing the headlocks and doing all the Randy stuff, the stomping around, but... Once we got out of Randy Orton gear, I also liked Randy Orton's new ring gear. I thought it was cool. Triple H uh, came out in the motorcycle again, but I actually thought this was a really good brawl. It was a it was a nice brawl, and it was a nice little technical wrestling in there too. Because Triple H always tried to get a little technical wrestling in there. Triple H uh, kicked out of the first RKO out of nowhere. Uh, Randy Orton kicked out of the pedigree. It was it was good stuff. The best spot was Randy Orton went for the punt. He actually went for it, and people actually popped. Uh, that would be ended up Triple H's downfall because he went for the punt too. Uh Randy Orton countered into a sick RKO. And Randy Orton gets the win. I really wanted Triple H to win. I, I cause you know he's been actually on a little roll now. He beat Batista. Fucking um he won this last match too. And cause I hate when Triple H is just sitting there losing, but I guess he wanted to give him the Randy Orton the win. But I actually I actually enjoyed watching this match. It made me feel like I was young again. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, wow. Watching Triple H and Randy Orton have a match. Like, that's crazy. It's been almost 10 years since these guys had a match. But, yeah, I like I that there was not a lot of gimmicks in this. But it was just a straight-up wrestling match. There was a cool spot where Randy went to back suplex uh, Triple H into the fucking um, announce table, how he does to everybody. Triple H reversed it, and he got him four of those in a row. He ended up back suplexing Randy four times in a row to that. But, yeah, this was a good match. I thought this was good. Like, I'm probably going to be the majority because, you know, everyone's probably going to say this match is slow, it was suck, but I thought it built up a lot in the last, like, five, you know, ten minutes. It did not need to be 25 minutes long. and I feel like Randy was really dragging along in the beginning, but I thought it turned into a really good match. I actually really enjoyed this match. I was like, wow, I never thought I would enjoy this match, but... This is not bad. This is not bad at all. Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman. Uh, Bobby Lashley has a new entrance where he gets on the podium and he poses with a spotlight on him. Makes you think of the masterpiece Chris Masters. But I actually like this match too, believe it or not. Uh, this was two big guys beating the shit out of each other. I actually thought this was a pretty good match too. Uh, into the end, uh, Braun hits the running splash in the corner. Lashley rolls to the outside. Braun does his little run tackle thing. Lashley fights back the last one and tackles him back and almost breaks him through the barricade. Bobby Lashley takes Braun up, suplexes Braun on the steel with the fucking ramp. Uh, Back in the ring, Bobby goes to the top rope, but Braun gets up, grabs him, throws Lashley down to the mat. Braun hits the slam, running power slam. Picks him up, hits another running power slam for the three count. So he had a power slam like three or two times. Lashley also power slammed uh, Strowman, which was kind of cool. And I also didn't like how they had Strowman like kicked out of his spear or anything. So this was actually a good, it was two guys beating the living shit out of each other, which I like. It was two big guys, but it was a good big guy match. Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler should have been me. Um, again, these guys have had a bazillion matches. Uh they're all they've all been pretty great, and they've had better matches as this. I was kind of disappointed on this match. I thought this match could have been a lot better. But basically, Kofi ended up cheating. Xavier Woods ended up super kicking Ziggler. Uh yeah, Woods kicked Ziggler in the face from the apron. This leads to Kofi getting the pin on Ziggler, and Ziggler loses, which I'm like, what the fuck? I guess Kofi is using the new day now to win his matches. Uh, Kofi and Wood celebrate. Uh, Ziggler goes up the ramp. Ziggler is backstage and he's like, "I knew, I never knew that Kofi would be such a coward. You cheated to win." Ziggler says, "It should have been him. He should have won. He out wrestled them, which was actually true. Ziggler completely out wrestled Kofi Kingston, which I like that." Um. I'm glad they took away that stupid CD scratch or record scratch from the fucking uh, beginning of Ziggler's theme song. That shit was so annoying. But yeah, I guess we're getting a Steel Cage rematch at um, WWE Stomping Grounds, which I'm like, all right, whatever. 50-man battle royal. You know who's here. The job are here, baby. Some of them got entrances. It hurt me so hard to see Shinsuke Nakamura come out. No entrance. No Nothing. AOP came back and they were there, you know. No, no, nothing. Fucking Titus fucking O'Neill, man, eliminated the Viking Raiders. That's how you know. Once you go up to the main roster, you are trash. Uh, it is down to Elias versus Monsor. Monsor made his debut last year at Saudi Arabia, and he's been having some good showings in NXT. I actually like Monsor. I still wish they could have had Monsor and like Ali at the end, you know what I mean, I thought that would be kind of cool, like, I get it why Mansoor won, I actually have no problem with him winning, because you know, whatever, he's a young kid, he's actually pretty good, he's from Saudi Arabia, he cut a great promo after it, too, very heartfelt, like, promo, saying, hey, I did this for my people, all that shit, I thought it was good, and him and Elias were the last one in there, but I, I thought he cut a great promo, main event time, it is Goldberg versus The Undertaker, and... In- Fucking Goldberg, bro, I feel bad for this dude, this dude's getting so much hate, so much fucking hate, but I'm gonna have to defend Goldberg here, man, like, I actually feel kind of bad for the dude, because Goldberg came, he headbutted the fucking door, which he needs to stop doing that, and the man was busted open before he even got out there, which I'm like, ugh, he really needs to stop doing that. Then we get to the match. Uh, Goldberg starts it off by doing the cutthroat motion. And here we go. Uh, Goldberg bounces off the ropes. Hits a spear in two seconds to the Undertaker. Really good looking spear too. Uh, Goldberg gets up. Hits a second spear on the Undertaker. Undertaker no sells. Hits the sit up. Grabs Goldberg by the throat. Goldberg fights it out. Puts Undertaker in a very shedding knee bar. But, you know, whatever. It's the Undertaker. You can't move him too much. Undertaker reaches the bottom rope, breaks the hold. Goldberg looks for another spear, but Taker dodges it. Goldberg runs into the fucking ring post head first. And the gash on this man's head. This man was knocked out, apparently. He was out. That's when the match took a shit turn. It started off okay, actually, believe it or not. It's like, Goldberg's an athletic dude. You know, the Undertaker's like barely living at this point. But Goldberg is... For his age, he's an athletic dude. The dude's jacked still. So I didn't expect it to be that match. Like I said, I loved Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Those guys beat the shit out of each other. But as soon as he hit that pole and split his head open, this man was bleeding all over the place. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. This is where the match took a long turn. it was just barely, Goldberg was barely standing up. And the man was legitimately knocked out. That's why it pisses me off. I keep seeing reports of how The Undertaker is mad, and The Undertaker kept making weird faces in the match, like, he was mad. And I'm like, dude, you got knocked out in your match with fucking Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and you ended up giving us a shitty-ass match for your last match that you lost a streak. So, to me, The Undertaker needs to, like, chill out and, like, calm down. Like, why would you be mad at Goldberg? This guy ran 100 miles per hour and knocked himself out on a fucking ring post and split his fucking head open. Like, have some... Because, you know, like, even me, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I'm not going to hate on Goldberg. Like, I don't even like Goldberg, and I'm not going to hate on him. Because this guy just fucking bashed his brain in. Anyone would have had a shit match after that. Uh, Undertaker then takes Goldberg, and he starts beating him up a little bit. Taker misses a clothesline. Goldberg runs the ropes. They collide mid-ring. Both men are down. They hit a double clothesline. Uh, Taker whips Goldberg into the corner, hits a running splash, hits a snake eye, a very bad one, Taker bounces off the rope with a clothesline, but Goldberg explodes out of nowhere with another spear, Goldberg calls for the jackhammer, and oh my god, this was bad, he just drops Undertaker on his head, which is not a cool move by Goldberg, but again, Goldberg is knocked out, this dude is bleeding so much that he's fucking just dying out there, it was basically a fucking brain buster, old, old school New Japan brain buster. Goldberg pins for the two count. Goldberg looks up for a tombstone of his own. They collapse, fucking, couldn't even take that out of there. Taker tries to give him a tombstone. Taker gives him a tombstone. And Taker fucking doesn't protect this guy's neck. The guy's neck. Oh, my God. Like, I wish there's a gift going around where Taker tombstone Goldberg, his neck fucking wobbles. Which means, like, Taker, why are over here talking shit when you're over here stiffing dudes? You know, fucking, this dude gave him a legit tombstone. Like, his neck legit wobbled in his, top of his head, which I'm like, he's double knocked out now. Like, there's a video of Goldberg after the match. The man couldn't even get up if he was so knocked out. Fucking, ugh, it's just shit. Taker fights out, gives Goldberg the shittiest choke slam imaginable, gets the win, and then the Undertaker's just sitting there making faces, which really pissed me off, because I'm just like, dude... Like what are you what are you going to do? You know, the, the guy got knocked out. Like you got knocked out in your match and nobody gave you shit. Like come on. So that was super showdown. Really enjoyed Andrade versus Finn, best match on the show. Really enjoyed Triple H versus Orton. Uh Braun versus Bobby wasn't that bad either. Pre-show match Usos versus Rival wasn't that bad. 50 Man Battle Royal was fucking useless, but it was cool to see Mansour win, you know, get his little moment. Main event was trash, though. It was so bad. Like, this is why you shouldn't have these two guys or, like, older people like this. Like, you got to make sure they can go or at least kind of go. I just kind of feel bad for Goldberg. Like, he's getting shit on a lot. Even Matt Riddle. Oh, my God. Matt Riddle's a savage. He's just he's making fun of him. But Matt Riddle did piss me off a little bit because he was talking shit about how Goldberg's unsafe and he's trash. But Undertaker's fine. He's a stallion. He's a legend. Which I'm like, dude. Undertaker is just as much to blame. The man tombstone him on his fucking head. Man was delivering shitty choke slams out here. Like, I don't know. Eh, I don't know. It was just like, whatever. But that was WWE in a nutshell. Best match of the WWE week was definitely fucking, um, anything with TakeOver, of course, was great. And fucking, um, Siena versus vs. Finn was great, but... Then we move to New Japan's Best of the Super Juniors Finals. The last match is going down. It is the Dragon versus fucking um, Will Ospreay. Uh, We get your usual New Japan tag team matches here and there. But I'm going to skip to the meat and potatoes of this. The two matches I was definitely looking forward to which would be the debut... Actually, we're going to start at that. Yeah, so let's get the tag team matches, because, you know, regular New Japan tag team matches. Jay White defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, Jay White is now embracing the facial hair, which I am not a fan of the facial hair on Jay White. I like him with the more clean-cut look. But, you know, White jumped Tanahashi before the bell to... Everyone got booed. But this is a great match. I actually love the matches between Tanahashi and Jay White. Jay White is also probably my top favorite in New Japan right now. And this man's heel work is fucking fantastic. Uh, works over Tanahashi's shoulder the whole match. He is just beating the crap out of Tanahashi's shoulder. Trying to get him to tap out the whole time. Tanahashi then is working the knee of um, Jay White. Hitting him with as many dragon screws as he can. Yeah, this is their fifth singles match in the series between them two, and Jay White has won a lot of them. I think Tanahashi's only won one match now because Jay White ended up pinning him. Yeah, it was just under 20 minutes, but... Yeah, basically, Jay White... uh... Gets some six emissions uh, a lot of Fujiar, arm bars to uh, Tanahashi's shoulder. He then takes his arm, twists it around, and gets a roll-up on him, which he has a hammerlock still on while he does it, which I thought was cool. And he rolls up Tanahashi like that, which I'm just like, damn, he just caught Tanahashi slipping. But they've had better matches than this, but this was still a really good match. Um, I love uh, Jay White's uh, Saito suplex to the outside. I always think that's a great spot. I never got to hit the Blade Runner in this match, but... Big match right here. IWGP United States Champion John Moxley defeated Juice Robinson in a great 30 minute, 25 minute match. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I've never been the biggest fan of Dean Ambrose. I I was a big fan before of him in the Indies and, you know, FCW. But damn, I am a fan of John Moxley. This guy is great. Juice Robinson is, uh, like, one of my favorites in New Japan, also. This guy is so underrated. It's insane. This guy is so fucking good. But he cut the hair, man. He cut the dreads. That's why he ended up losing. Juice, why would you cut the dreads, man? You hurt me. You hurt me big time. <laughs> but this was such a great fucking match. Like, I love this match. It was just... Moxley was ferocious. He kept biting Juice's forehead. He was, like, ripping him open with the elbow. He busted him open hard way, which I'm just like, that's crazy. I love Moxley's theme song. It kind of sounds like an evil version of The Shield. I'm glad that he has ring clothes again. He comes out during the crowd too, which I'm just like, "Yo, represent for the Shield." That was awesome. But man, this was a great match. Uh, Moxley was just beating the crap out of Juice. A lot of table spots. He tried to um, elbow drop. He tried to elbow drop uh, Juice through the table with a chair on his elbow. Didn't work out. Moxley got mad. Ended up doing a suplex through the table. That was cool. Uh, Juice ended up hitting a crazy fucking cannonball to the outside. He set up Moxley on the table, hit a cannonball. He hit the cannonball so hard that he didn't even break the table. He went up the table and slid back down into Moxley. That was great. Uh, Moxley, deal heat was on point here. He's slapping the shed of Juice saying, bring it on. Uh, we got a good spot. where fucking... Juice just yelled, I'm going to break this motherfucking table. And he bomb Moxley through the table. I thought that was awesome. Uh, Moxley then hits a double arm DDT. Dirty deeds, you know. Couldn't get it. Basically, Juice kicked out at 2.9. That was crazy. Uh, Moxley is like kind of happy that he kicked out. He's like, you know what? Let's go. Uh, Moxley then picks him up. Hits Juice with an elevated double arm DDT. Kind of looks like the Bloody Sunday. That was awesome. And basically, yeah, he got the win. Uh, I'm pretty sure the WWE DDT is now called the Death Rider. So, yeah, definitely hit the Death Rider. One, two, three. Moxley is the new U.S. champion. Great fucking match. Just a great match. I thought it was fantastic. Definitely showed what these guys can do, especially Moxley. Like He got out of the WWE prison, and this guy's just motivated it cut a sick promo afterwards, both of these guys did, like, I'm a big fan of John Moxie, I'll tell you that, if he keeps this going, just, just a violent beatdown, and it was felt cool, because it was just, like, I just felt like, um, it just felt like, because Juice cuts his hair, you know, he's trying to become more serious, and Moxie kind of brought it out of him, how he's just like, oh, you want to be serious, you get into a real fight, because legit, this felt like a fight fight, this is great. So now we're at the end of the Best of the Super Juniors. It uh, was a great tournament. was very impressed by Bandido, El Fantasmo. Uh, even Bushi. Bushi's underrated. Will Ospreay, again, putting in a great performance. And uh, Shingo Takagi, fucking th- the dragon of LIJ. Big fan of this man ever since he debuted. The man's got one of the best lariants I've ever seen. So Will Ospreay defeated Shingo in the final match of the Best of the Super Juniors. What can I say? Uh, this match was incredible. Had a lot of buzz going into it. The crowd was hot the whole time. Osprey fucking came out with the fucking sword. Threatened Shingo. He basically became the Dragon Slayer. Just... Oh, man. Just crazy stuff here. Osprey ended up pulling out a 630 Splash. Fucking... I was Crazy. And this match was long, too. This match had to be like 30 fucking something minutes. It was long. Yeah, it had to be at least, I think I looked it up. Yeah, it was 33 fucking minutes. Such a great match, but let's skip a little bit to the end here. Osprey ended up finally getting in control, hitting the Ox Cutter for another near fall. But fucking Shingo, related with a nasty-looking headbutt, basically hit a last-ditch effort to switch the momentum. Uh, Tried to hit the last of the dragon on him, on Osprey, but unable to get him up all the way up. Osprey kicked out anyway. Uh, Two fucking pumping bonners, what he calls the lariat. Two lariats in a row, Osprey kicked out. Uh, Tagi went for a fucking another Last of the Dragon that Osprey countered to a sick reverse her Karana. From that point, Osprey was in control, eventually landing the Hidden Blade, the fucking, used to call it the Guillotine, but now it's called the Hidden Blade because, you know, he loves fucking, uh, Assassin's Creed. Top rope, Oxcutter, gets up, hits the Stormbreaker for the definitive win. No one's kicked out of the Stormbreaker, which is such a sick looking finish. So, basically, Got down I think also um he was undefeated if I remember the dragon was undefeated but Osprey wins his second best of the super Juniors tournament both mens were great uh, you definitely got a star in the dragon now this is a man you could push to the main event right now if you wanted to feels weird seeing Osprey back in the super Juniors but hey fuck it it gave me an amazing match I'll tell you that but yeah that was the best of the super Junior finals then we get to new Japan Dominion. We ended up by uh, Shoto Onimo versus John Moxley. A young boy versus John Moxley. You could tell Moxley is so fucking happy to be here, dude. This guy has so much charisma and swagger now that he's not in the WWE. Like, this guy comes out he's just hyped for no fucking reason. Uh, good little match here. He basically just beats the shit out of Onimo. There was a cool spot where Onimo starts landing stiff forearms and Moxley's like laughing and he's like, come on, give me another one, kid. And he gives him three and then Moxley gives him a big one. Hits a big clothesline after that. Uh, nice regal stretch. I always remember him doing that. The whole time he's been fishing the mouth of Onimo. But his arrogance almost cost him because Onimo ended up hitting a surprise German suplex for a very close two count. Moxley cut him off. Delivered the Death Rider. He's calling it the Death Rider now. The double arm DDT. Really stiff the way he does it now. It looks like he's tombstones these guys. Uh, Moxley beat the shit out of him. Got on the mic after the match and just said, hey, I'm go- I'm up for the challenge. I want to be in the G1 Climax, which is a big pop. with like, even me, I popped because I was like, I did not think we were going to get Moxie in the G1 Climax. So we get to see a couple more dream matches out of this. So this is cool. Moxie then helps o- uh, Unimo get to the back, which I thought was funny. Because he like, I like basically they were saying it on commentary, he beats the crap out of you. And then, you know, he's like, helps you out. He takes you backstage and shit. Which I thought was kind of funny, but yeah, Moxley's great so far. Uh, we got the Dragon again, Shingo versus Kojima, the master of the Western Lariat. Uh, great stiff match here. Uh, definitely a big way to get uh, Shingo over with the crowd even more by having him beat you know one of the beloved uh, New Japan heavyweights. But yeah, this was the match of the Lariat, fucking uh, Shingo. Tried landing a couple lariats at Kojima. That was a cool spot where Kojima didn't even sell the first two lariats because, you know, he's the master of the lariat. Then the third one, Kojima comes into it, gets stiffed by Shingo with the last lariat. Uh, Executed, hitting the pumping bomber one more time and hit the lash of the dragon for an impressive victory. Thought that was cool. Uh, Kojima's always been very underrated, I think. Kojima's a great wrestler still for a man of his age. I love seeing him deliver that lariat. And he did the whole chop thing in the corner where he hits like 300 chops in the corner. Uh, Tag team match. It is Jushin Thunder Liger and uh, Yoshihashi versus Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, Suzuki is a fucking monster. He creeps me out, man. That guy's great. Zack Sabre on the roll of his career. He's been having some sick matches. Um Yoshi Thunder Liger is probably going to retire soon and Yoshihashi's a good up and comer who needs uh Yoshihashi's very good. I just feel like he needs more wins under his belt. But this was a good little tag team match over here. Uh ended up getting a surprise fucking win, I'll tell you that. Yoshihashi ended up rolling up fucking Zack Sabre Jr., which was fucking awesome and got a win. So I guess it's going to be Zack Sabre Jr. versus Yoshihashi. But yeah, Suzuki and Liger beat the shit out of each other the whole time, legit. Which I'm just like, I guess this is leading up to like a little legend match here, which I thought was cool. But definitely, we're going to get, I guess, going up for the um, the British Heavyweight Championship with Yoshihashi. But it was kind of cool because Yoshihashi was finally like, felt like a threat to someone's title. Six man tag team match. It is Juice Robinson after just losing to fucking Death Rider, John Moxley. So it's Juice Robinson, Hiroshi Tanahashi. And uh, one of the best fucking comedy wrestlers out there, too. Oh, my God. I wish we get his fucking name. Taguchi. Taguchi, Japan. Taguchi versus uh, Jay White, uh, Chase Owens, and uh, Ishimori, which it was cool to see. I, I want to see more of Ishimori, dude. Ishimori's fucking awesome. Again, a uh, good tag team match here. Uh, we'll get to the end though, Owens re-entered the match, delivered the jewel heist on Tanahashi, set him up for the package pile driver, Tanahashi fought out, but Jay White blasted him in the back of the head at ringside, Robinson blasted White in the ring, a modified final cut to Owens ends up the win, I guess Tanahashi now is now going to use that as his finisher, it kind of looked like the thing like uh, Big Show used to do, like yeah, so I'm like alright, that's cool, it's kind of like a, you know, it's kind of like a sling blade thing. And I feel like Tanahashi does need like another finish cuz he can he can't just hit all those high flight flows. That's why I like when he was using the clover leaf as a finish too. Neverway Open Championship tomorrow to Ishi, a very underrated man versus another underrated man to me Taichi. Taichi's been on a roll for the Neverway Open Champion. Like I'm a big fan of Taichi. He's got a sick theme, he's got a sick entrance with the girl coming down. He fake sings the own song and they pretend he sings it. But this was a fucking stiff-ass match. You know, it's a never-way open title. What do you want? Uh, really great kicks by Taichi here. He has some good-ass fucking kicks in this match. But Taichi called for his finish the last ride. But Ishii summoned the strength. He kicked out of it. Much to the surprise of the champion. Ishii blocked a super kick by Taichi. And back with a jumping into Guri. He followed up. Hit him with, the, you know, the forearms. Back and forth. The rapid-fire forearms. Uh, he shrugged off a big kick by Tai Chi and scored another two count. Moments later, Ishii delivered the final the power bomb. Ishii delivered his own last ride power bomb, a sliding lariat, and a vertical brain buster for the win. Hit the full combo. Ishi is now what five-time Neverweight Open Champion? But I'm kinda sad that um Tai Chi lost. I thought he was actually having a pretty good run with the title. But Ishi is fucking great. Like this guy can do no wrong. Like he this guy knows his job and he does it well. IWGP Tag Team Championship. Evil and Sonata, versus the Gorilla's of Destiny. I'm not gonna lie to you, I wasn't really looking forward to this too much because I've seen these teams go at it so much. But I love the Gorillas of Destiny. They are my favorite tag team out right now. I think they're fucking great at what they do. Um I love the Evil, I mean and Sonata's outfits too. Same thing with um the Gorillas of Destiny. Fucking I love when um Tongaloa comes out with the fucking Ichigo mask and the Ichigo coat, with the soul reaper outfit. I thought it was cool. But this was just a great match. Great tag team wrestling as always. These guys can do no wrong. They always have amazing tag team matches to me. Uh, Loa broke up the attempt with the Magic Killer by the Challengers. He found himself in another sharpshooter. I love the whole thing how Evil's now building up uh, the Scorpion Death Drop. I mean Scorpion Death Lock. They even keep calling it the Scorpion Death Lock. Uh, the Challengers. Basically Jado's trying to get involved in the match. Trying to hit up everybody. They try to finish it off with the Magic Killer. Fucking um, so he got Tama Tonga grabs Sonata by the tights and one two three roll up for the win. Gorillas of Destiny win, which I'm like was cool. Gave them some some heat at least, which I thought was cool. And um Gorillas of Destiny win, which I'm glad because I had a feeling they were gonna lose. But this is a great tag team match, especially Sonata man. Sonata is gonna be big as fuck. This guy is so over evil too. I like evil personally more. But so you could tell Bo, all these guys are going to be fucking great. Even Tonga Tonga. I'm waiting for him to get a fucking singles run so bad. Because I feel like this guy's been underrated forever. And he deserves definitely getting a shot. I would love to see him getting a shot at Okada. There's a great match here. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Dragon Lee versus Will Ospreay. This is one of my favorite matches of the year so far. Fucking incredible. Just great work between the two. Will Ospreay ended up winning, taking the title off Dragon Lee, which surprised me because I thought they were going to keep the title on Dragon Lee for the eventual return of Hiromu Takahashi, but I guess not. Where the fuck do I start with this match? This was just a great fucking match. It was just insane... It was a fucking uh, suicide dive by Dragon Lee that made me fucking cringe. It was so good. Dragon Lee set him up on the announce table and gave him a fucking sit-down. Osprey was sitting down. He gave him a fucking suicide dive. Osprey went back. It looked horrible. Uh, great uh, running knee strikes by Dragon Lee the whole time he was trying to chip down uh, Will Osprey. But we get to the end of the match. Uh, the uh, uh, double foot stomp off the top rope to Osprey on the outside. That was sick, too. Basically, Osprey comes back, finally hits the hidden blade, delivers ox cutter, a nice springboard ox cutter off the corner. Hits Stormbreaker for the win. Again, no one has kicked out of Stormbreaker, but Osprey is just amazing. Dragon Lee's great too, but Osprey is on a fucking another level. This felt like just a great performance here. Next we have IWGP Intercontinental Championship match versus Cody Butcher versus Tudor Naito. Again, these guys have wrestled a lot. So I was kind of like, oh, you know, this match should be good, but holy fucking shit. This is probably their best match other than the G1 Climax when they had um last year. This is like this is an incredible match. Uh, Naito ended up winning back the Intercontinental Championship, which shocked me. But then they keep talking about how he has this goal of holding the IC title and the world title, which I hope he makes happen. Naito should be the one to be Okada. He should he should be Okada. But this match, one spot, man, one fucking spot. So you know the Cody Bushi neck issue. So Naito's working on the neck the whole time. This man, Naito German Suplex Cody Ibushi on the fucking apron, and he only got half of it. And Cody Ibushi's neck hit on the side. So it looked like he cracked his neck. Oh, my God. That was disgusting, dude. Like, I couldn't even watch that. But these guys are crazy. These these guys are insane and will do anything. Just, oh, my God. A German suplex to the apron and he didn't hit all of it. Oh, man. That was crazy. Crazy. Uh, there was a time where uh, Nido went for Destino, but Ibushi counted it and dropped him with the cradle tombstone. That was fucking sick. So yeah, crazy match down here. Uh, Nido ends up winning by delivering another Destino, a sick looking Destino for the win. Uh, Naito beats Ibushi for the title. Uh, I don't know where you can go from here because these guys have had plenty of matches together, but Ibushi is just such a great baby face. The guy gets over it. All the stuff he puts himself through to his neck is just horrible. It's disgusting to watch. <laughs> Makes me want to watch with a hand on my face the whole time. Big match now. Uh, main event It is IWGP Heavyweight Championship match. Kazucho Okada, the Rainmaker, versus Chris Jericho, the Painmaker. Uh, I, I saw they only had, like, a couple minutes left, and the whole time I was getting worried, I'm like, what's gonna happen? Is this match gonna continue? But, I actually enjoyed this match, I was not a fan of the ending at all, but I actually enjoyed this match. Jericho was aggressive, again, beating the shit out of Okada, shit-talking the crowd, you know, making fun of the Rainmaker pose, making fun of everything. Uh, uh, that was a cool spot where Okada went for his cross-body Dive on the outside. Jericho caught a mid wave of a code breaker in the stomach. I thought that was cool. But yeah, this match wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be, but it was not that bad. It was like 25, 20 minutes, which I'm like, whoa. Uh, get to the bottom of the match. Jericho went for the Judas effect, but Okada ducked it. Jericho tried for another code breaker, but it turned it into a sunset flip. Okada sat down and that was it for the win. Okada basically said what he was going to do, and he said he was going to out wrestle Chris Jericho, and he ended up doing it. He actually did it. I was like, did not see that coming at all. Jericho got pissed, beat the shit out of Okada, grabbed the chair, put the chair on his neck, ran them into the post, blasted him with the Judas effect. Uh, Jericho proceeded to beat the shit out of him some more. Hiroshi Tanahashi has had enough. He got up from the commentary table, fought off Jericho. Jericho caught a promo saying, Fuck you, Tanahashi. I just beat the crap out of your little friend. I'm here to. I would love to beat the crap out of you. Basically said, happy championship, bitch, to Okada. Walked out. Um, I thought the Dominion was great. Oh, I, how could I forget about my favorite part of Dominion, I would say, other than the you know Will Osprey match. But fucking Shibata came out. My favorite New Japan wrestler right there is uh, fucking Kirito Shibata. He comes out, and he brings out Hideo Itami, you know, Kenta. Kenta is now in New Japan, and he is in the G1. I thought that was fucking awesome. But yeah, overall, this is great. Uh, good storytelling of Jericho just beating the shit out of him and just cutting off anything Okada would do. We're getting Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Chris Jericho, which is a match that I'm pretty sure everyone has been waiting to see or wants to see at some point. But I thought Jericho worked very well with Okada. I would love to see a rematch, actually, because I thought I think Jericho could bring out something out of Okada that Okada's been missing, because Okada's been great, but I feel like he's been missing an actual real challenge recently. Everything since Kenny's been gone, you know what I mean? Like, the only real challenge he's had is Jay White. That's about it. Because even Jericho, to me, there was never a thought that Jericho would win the match. You know what I mean? But overall, great stuff here. Uh, New Japan killed it. You know, WWE was trash, as usual. But we got some good stuff out of it. But that was a lot of wrestling to discuss. That's it for me. I'll catch you guys next week. And uh, go watch some wrestling.